Welcome to Work in Real Life, the podcast for 20 and 30-somethings muddling their way through their professional life. I'm Marcus Farrell. And I'm Jenny Winsphere. We hear so much from experts that we wanted to give an authentic and light-hearted approach to the workplace. In this episode, we're going to be talking about dating in the workplace. Research says that a quarter to a third, jury's out on exactly which stat that is, of people have had a romantic relationship or encounter in the workplace so it's probably a topic that's pretty relevant to a lot of people now we want to look at it from a few different perspectives Um, firstly there's some interesting psychological dynamics when you have a relationship in the workplace mainly there's that sense of attraction emotional connection power dynamics are an interesting one with bosses and (laughs) direct reports (laughs) Um, jealousy, communication, there's all kinds of things that are wrapped up into a workplace relationship, which I'm sure also wrap up into a normal relationship. But also there's the ethics question in the workplace. So are there any kind of legal considerations that need to be thought of? What are the implications for the individuals, teams and organisation? So Marcus, I want to start by asking you, what are your pros and cons for dating in the workplace? pros and cons of working or dating in the workplace I think it's a tricky one the concept of dating in the workplace in general quite a scary subject like you can instantly just think of a lot of things that could go wrong wrong. Um, I mean in terms of cons obviously workplace rendezvous that go end sour Mm -hmm. probably not conducive to a nice work environment no I think there's also a degree of uh, in terms of another con, what people might think mm-hmm. of it, like as in if if like someone higher up the chain is, you know, rendezvousing with someone further down the chain, are people going to be like, well, what if they now get promoted? That's a bit yeah, s- yeah, strange. Um, but then I guess there is also some pros to it, like you get to see them a lot. For yeah. example, if you work with them, I, I guess depending on how much you like your partner, that's. <laughs> that's probably a good, good, or, good or a bad thing it's interesting you say that actually because um, research has shown that there's like a mere exposure effect where when you're exposed to someone so regularly in consistency you have more of a tendency to want to be around them which can actually create more intimate and romantic feelings between two people so there is something which there's something in when you're seeing someone every day actually psychologically you're starting to feel more and more attracted to them right well that, well, that was probably why school was carnage then <laughs> i think i can, can if remember. you went to a mixed school right? <laughs> yeah for sure no I, well i i think because harking back to school in the days of school when you were kind of dating people that was definitely challenging and i feel like as much as we like to think we're like adults i think as soon as you're in the workplace some workplaces can be pretty feral like and you can end up kind of reverting back to kind of like schoolyard yeah scenarios and i think it it's it hugely depends on the workplace doesn't it i think because i think some and like the size of the business as well because i think if if you're at say like a massive company with like 150 plus employees yeah then obviously there's going to be crossover between work and professional yeah. life and actually research shows that um occupations where you have to work really long hours have a much higher percentage of romantic relationships in the workplace. Mm. So like law firms and stuff, typically there's lots of couples within them because 
maybe because they have to spend time to each other with each other. Yeah, well, I suppose they're well positioned if they get married and they need to sort out divorces and stuff. So <laughs> Very true. That makes sense. That's a grim it? way of looking <laughs> yeah, at it. Grim really. way of looking You're at already it. thinking about lawyers, the divorce, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's an interesting thing. I, I can't say that I've experienced it too much. I think I've, off the top of my head, I've probably got like one or two experiences of working or of not myself but like experiencing people dating yeah. in the workplace you haven't dated the work in the workplace i haven't dated okay. in, the, in, in the workplace but we'll, we'll leave that there <laughs> um but i've definitely been in like quite a small team of probably under 30 where there were people um let's say courting yeah. the early phases of Very dating official. do you know what i mean but like so it was kind of like this, the beginnings of relationships and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and initially it was kind of like kept under wraps because yeah, yeah. of obvious reasons and then it became became quite apparent that people were dating and it was like two different sectors of the business and they were like two people in each department were dating each other yeah. and it was all fine for a while like Until all, all hunky-dory and whatever yeah. yeah and then there was obviously like an incident at a weekend or something yeah. where someone did someone I don't know which party it was someone did someone someone did something okay. <laughs> that they shouldn't have done they might have they might have done someone um <laughs> But they did something they shouldn't have done, basically. And then the whole vibe in the office was, like, not okay. Actually, you've reminded me of a story. Um, I did used to work at a law firm, and there was a couple. And I remember someone going down and yelling at her boyfriend. And I used to work in HR, so obviously we always... (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's just, like, it's hard not to bring your personal into the workplace as well, which is probably why there is policies and kind of guidance around it i'm trying to think at that workplace did you have any i don't know that we did there definitely wasn't like an underwritten rule of like you you can't date a colleague yeah i think it was definitely it was probably that gray area it is a bit of a gray area isn't it because you Mm. can't be such a dictatorship that you're gonna stop love from happening yeah who wants to be that guy stop love yeah exactly um but at the same time you have to kind of have some boundaries that it's not just getting but i think increasingly and i know we we discussed that we were going to talk about this a little bit but like increasingly the workplace and like work-life balance especially after working from home and covid and things like that and like extended hours and things like that and especially when you work in certain industries where, I don't know, you've got to go and travel and you're with people and whatever. Like the boundaries that used to exist around kind of work and home don't really exist anymore. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that... The lines are blurring. Yeah, the lines are blurring. So obviously more people are going to be like meeting partners in the workplace. I don't know if you've got any stats on like whether or not more and more people are meeting in the workplace versus years ago. Uh, but I actually I... did read one and it was about co- 6% more was the stat. Right. Since in COVID, 6% more people than previously had been recorded were having romantic interactions, mm. which is really interesting because we're all supposed to be like working from home and stuff. Like how did that yeah, increase? How did that happen? Just I can't remember the rest of the study, so. <laughs> yeah, Zoom calls. Yeah. 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 Zoom call dates. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. I think it's probably quite tricky in this day and age with Tinder and all of those like apps and the kind of, I think people are just in general worse at meeting people now than they ever probably have been. Like it's anxiety inducing thinking about having to meet someone for the first time. And someone you meet at work is like an easy... Yeah, because and easy in because you but, already know them. You don't have to do the dating apps. Well, exactly. Around. So I can kind of see why it would be a good context to kind of meet someone because you have a reason to talk to them and there's kind of like an established boundary where you kind of both know that you can't really cross. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, so there's yeah. like the rules are established, but 
if if you if you could say tomorrow we woke up and it was like right it's now illegal to meet anyone at work illegal illegal yeah how else would you suggest yeah i mean the dating apps <laughs> straight on tinder all that, of them yeah. that has to be the only way well not the only way <laughs> it's the only it's the way, only way. <laughs> not the only yeah. way the main way that people meet these days and i remember when dating apps started becoming a thing and like it was so rare and almost like a bit of an embarrassment to be like oh we met we met on an app mm. um there is a certain stigma still attached around that though is that just our generation though because actually i feel like t- young 20s it's probably more normalized it's way more normal well i mean i i met my current girlfriend yeah love of my life on <laughs> on tinder yeah and it was probably the like best thing that's ever really yeah. happened to me because i'm not the type of person um, that can go up to someone like a random at a bar and be like, hey, how you doing? Can I get you a drink? And just start chatting. Not yeah. even at a bar, like anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll happily talk to people, mm. but the idea of like trying to flirt or kind of be vulnerable enough to be like, oh yeah, I fancy you. Do you want to go on a date? Petrifies me. So I think Tinder suits that. But I yeah. do think there's, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's probably a generational thing because it's probably way more normalised yeah. now. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, though, that sort of bringing back to the workplace, how do you kind of, how do you ask someone in the workplace that, to go on a date? Like, what if you are interested in them? Because there's obviously, like, sexual harassment and, like, you obviously can't harass them. Mm. <laughs> but what's the, where's the line for you? For me, I think it's, I think asking someone out at work or whatever is, because I think it's really, it's the same anywhere. It's like knowing where the line is between kind of asking someone out in a non-creepy way or showing showing them that you're interested and you've probably got some thoughts or ideas on how you can show someone you're interested. But it's like knowing how to not cross that boundary and showing someone that you're interested without kind of... Being too much. Being too much. And then once you've either got the acknowledgement that, you know, once you've sort of said your piece or whatever, Green don't light. keep, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, light. yeah, exactly, yeah, and then just don't be like a dick. Like yeah. if if someone's not interested clearly, yeah, work or not, yeah, then don't keep pushing it. No but means no. No means no. But it is it, again, even 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 like, and I don't mean in like a sexual sense. No means no in that regard, obviously. But it's difficult when persistence, for example historically you were kind of told might be a good way to mm. show someone you're interested because you can kind of consistently and persistently be like mm. i am interested i am interested but i think it's how you're doing that yeah do you know what i mean that is the key because yeah. and in a work setting it's like probably not the best thing reduced, to do yeah. yeah for sure like i think the boundary is is way more kind of like harsh in a workplace i want to talk a little bit about power dynamics because that's a complication to the workplace which is quite different from a normal school setting a social setting you know where you meet you like each other and you get it on um <laughs> yeah sorry that was too, that was too crass <laughs> no, no. get it on is probably no worse than courting is it let's be honest. <laughs> I know. um so obviously within a workplace you have people who are 
in more senior positions and actually psychologically you can be attracted to positions of power so kind of gives a bit of an unfair advantage i suppose to people who are managers compared to people who are subordinates that's the word isn't it that's the word i was looking for yeah that sounds horrible (laughs) i don't want to be a subordinate yeah (laughs) so what does that entail (laughs) (laughs) direct report (laughs) is that one better um so yeah i was wondering what you thought about or whether you've seen that kind of power dynamic play out or whether you've felt and experienced you know the fact that they're in a position of power and that's kind of attractive yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one to even think about because I don't think it's something I've sat there and gone... It's maybe unconscious as well. Yeah, I think it's probably a lot of unconscious bias. But I think it works. Take take away kind of like romantic attraction. Yeah. There's definitely instances where like people in positions of power are more like a- attractive. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, cool, I fancy you because you're my yeah, boss. Yeah. I more mean like you're an aspirational figure to me because you you know, you've worked in this job longer and you've got more experience mm-hmm. and I feel like you can be drawn to such figures and I think that's naturally. Yeah. And actually, naturally. in evolutionary terms, someone in a position of power is perceived as having more resources and potentially more viable offspring, which is why people are more likely to partner with them. Well, that, I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? Because we are, yeah, there you go, factoid. <laughs> but no, well, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Because like, we are essentially just like Neanderthals yeah. are we still Neanderthals I'm not sure that's not my area but um, yeah like we are just animals right really so that that complete like we're all looking for a mate I mm. guess and the context that you find yourself kind of dictates what is perceived as attractive yeah. and I think I really should have got the stats on this but I know that like there's a psychologically kind of or a psychological thing behind um, it, particularly in women mm-hmm. and d- don't like hate on me for saying this but I I no, believe it's something, something yeah don't quote me but it's something along the lines of women basically dictate to their friends who they think is attractive right. to a certain extent okay. so like and you probably find yourself doing this with your mates when you when you're like sussing out a new partner mm-hmm. you'll go and like have a conversation with your mate and be like or not even like conscious conversation be like do you think he's fit it might more be like you just talk about your new partner or whatever and then and guys must do it as well and i'm sure they do but i feel like guys don't really talk about it as much because we're just a little bit more basic do you know what i mean it's like yeah she's fit mate and then that's yeah, that's the the initial thing but women in groups that's very that's very generalized yeah well i, th- I think in in general like broadly speaking i think and like i said guys and girls both do it but i think you kind of what's perceived as attractive is kind of constructed by the group that you're in to a certain extent. Hmm. I don't know if you agree. Do you disagree? I don't know. I find it, uh, it's an interesting train of thought. I'm not sure. I'm sure I do. Well, t- take, take celebrities that are deemed as being attractive. Yeah. The idea of what is perceived as attractive is kind of trending. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So like five years ago. We've gone down a rabbit hole. We have. But I think it's a, no, I think it's well, a, let's, let's go with it. I okay. think it's a good rabbit hole. But like when you look at what's perceived as being attractive in, say, the 90s, yeah. like, whether it's guy or girl, there was obviously like a certain groups of looks that were perceived as being but attractive. Is, is attraction based on looks, though? Not only on looks. Yeah. At least I'm told. No, it is, it's <laughs> not. It's not at all. But, but even, even looks or not looks, like certain traits were probably perceived as being more attractive in certain instances right so like in the workplace someone who's probably authoritative might be perceived as more attractive if you're into 
into that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas outside of the workplace, you might not really find it as attractive because you're not really into that. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think the I think the kind of um, authoritative figure definitely has some a draw. roots in it mm. um, in terms of people not even knowing that that's what they're attracted to. Actually, funny story, My one of my um, younger brother's friends, his name I won't mention. Um, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, started sleeping with his manager. Interesting. And uh, she was an older woman. Um, you know, she was different level, like he reported into her. Yeah. Um, and he loved telling his mates, like, I'm sleeping with my manager. But this is what I mean. Men are, like, feral like that. They're, they're like, high-fiving strangers men. in Not the street. Not all men, but <laughs> this particular one <laughs> did have that kind of approach. Yeah. Um, and it, it is interesting because the power dynamic adds such a different element to a yeah. relationship that it's such a massive complication. Um, I've got some kind of case studies to talk about. I want to kind of dip into, like... Um, things going on in the actual world case studies mm. um and i looked up i literally just googled ceo having an affair and the whole first page of google was about um this the guy that worked for oh, what was the name of the company um boeing the aircraft industry right we're not going to get done for libel for talking about this are we well, this is all not. like been proved oh yeah it's, totally, it's on google right. yeah yeah he had yeah, an affair yeah. um he apologized he got he resigned he actually resigned because of it it was with a senior executive um and he you know it was described as him having a lack of judgment like you can't rule the company <laughs> rule the company yeah he can't lead the company if he's got that kind of moral character and moral compass so right. there definitely was a question around ethics mm. ethics it was described as a scandal the kiss of death all this kind of stuff um and actually all those things you were talking about before like favoritism potentially and like did this person get promoted because they're sleeping their way to the top yeah it brings into question someone's expertise and you know ability to to do certain things so i thought it was quite an interesting case study to to look at yeah because i mean it must just be so tricky because i don't think in in, a, in an ideal scenario in, in someone in a, in a position like that should not really abuse their position yeah. of power but if it's if both parties are consenting consenting and wanting that to happen then is it really an abuse of power mm. or is it just and they were kind of going down there so he had a wife and kids this is oh so it was yeah. like an affair yeah oh, right. okay, and that. that kind of brings me to like the matt hancock situation what a guy <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um and after he obviously had his very public affair, yeah, um, he didn't resign. He just apologised, and and that was that. Am I right? And is that how I, b- I believe? Told I himself? mean, it was maybe a bit more than that. In that, it obviously became like a big scandal. There was the COVID stuff attached to it, and then there was the whole my celebrity yeah, yeah. kind of spin that his PR team managed to do for him. It was yeah. like, I mean, yeah, it's probably. I think the trouble is, is that like. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be having an affair. That's kind mm-hmm. of like a moral stance. That's a pretty shitty thing to be doing. Yeah. But to be also then kind of in the public eye and doing it, I think that's where it gets more complicated. Yeah. So if you're in like a position like the Boeing guy or Matt Hancock or whatever, like you're just playing just no with... Better. Just no <laughs> yeah. better. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially when you're kind of trying to dictate morale, as a politician, kind of dealing with, you know things that affect people's lives yeah. and your character is being assessed on a day-to-day basis yeah. to then be like, right, well, I'm going to go and, you know, 
romp in the corner with <laughs> the words we're coming out today. The <laughs> with I don't know. Courting. I don't actually know who the who the woman it was. Like, I don't know. Girlfriend now. G- girlfriend. Girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's just. The... <laughs> this is why it's difficult because yeah, I'm yeah. like, love rules all, right? Know, like well... once you've if you find that, but like who is who is an institution to tell you that you can't find the person that you love and want to be with? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like there are certain lines that you've probably shouldn't shouldn't cross yeah do you know what I mean for this next part of the podcast we're going to do a quick fire round Marcus has not seen these questions at all so we're going to get his authentic reaction but I devise a list of five things which are are they borderline? Are they acceptable about dating a colleague in the workplace? Can I, can I, are these are these yes no questions? <laughs> yes, but I'm going to kind of paint the picture, and you can kind of expand on okay. why. I think you should expand on why you think. Yeah, yes otherwise I'm just going to no. look dodgy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> don't just answer yes. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me your reason. Um, okay, so number one, sending a winky face in your chats. Oh. I do that all the time, but not in like a flirty way. I just I'm a I'm an emoji heavy guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think that's fine. Yeah. But maybe once you've established like a rapport with someone. Yeah, yeah. I an get unsolicited that. winky face <laughs> is probably not a good idea. <laughs> no to the unsolicited <laughs> winky faces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great, great answer. Okay, second second uh, point: drunk texting them. What a colleague? Yeah. Absolutely not. Red flag. Don't do it. Turn. <laughs> Just no. I think a, a life hack yeah. is if you've got like teams on your phone or laptop or whatever, or mainly on your phone on a night out, just turn turn, it turn off. that off. That's... Especially like, okay, so say you fancy someone at work mm. and you're drunk and you're out and you're like, yeah, I'm probably picking up some vibes from them. Yeah, no, like I think that in, in this instance, like keep work comms, work comms, yeah. out of work comms, out because you. God knows what you might end up, like even if you just sent it to the wrong chat. Yeah, and it, God. It, if it was more than a winky, winky face, face to your do, you know, do you know what I mean? Hey, that's, you out tonight? Yeah, that's a dangerous. You up? That's a dangerous game. If you like playing with fire, go for it. But I would strongly advise against that. Cool. Okay. Um. So complimenting them. I think compliments are a good thing. I think people should compliment each other yeah. more. Yeah. I think that's fine. Just don't be a creep and be respectful and maybe, I mean, come up with a compliment that is like if you're actually interested in someone. This is my dating advice. <laughs> Uh, if you're actually interested in someone, find a compliment that isn't about just their aesthetic. So yeah. compliment a trait of them or like a value or like, like I love how you're so interested in mm. rather than like, oh, you've got nice eyes or mm. something. It's just creepy. <laughs> okay, for this fourth question, I'm going to set the scene a little bit, right? Okay. You've got a bit of banter with a colleague. Right. You get on very well. You're attracted to them. Mm-hmm. They don't know you're attracted to them. But you're picking up some positive vibes. Good vibes, okay. Okay. Is it acceptable to hold prolonged eye contact with a colleague? Oh, define prolonged though. (laughs) I I have issues with this in general, with (laughs) eye contact. I find it very weird when people, like, I'm all about, like, like, eye contact's a good thing, right? But knowing where is too long is... So this is like, so like, a manager says something, you've had a a chat with this particular colleague previously and you've talked about how annoying it is that this manager always does it the manager does it again you look at each other you have that grin <laughs> well yeah i think that's okay but you definitely don't want to be like a peeping tom over your like desktop screen <laughs> just sort of like 
you know, binoculars out, just staring at someone until they give you eye contact. What about that, like, intense stare, like, after someone says something? You're like, I think that's fine, because you're communicating. Okay, okay. That's fine, but just, like, creepy staring, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, no, yeah. it's a creepy stare. Yeah. Okay, fifth and final question. Is it acceptable to ask a colleague their thoughts on how you look in a photo? That's probably quite a good testing the waters technique. Okay. Because that could be... I'd maybe be like... It depends how you phrase it, right? Yeah, and depends what's in the photo, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely depends what's in the photo. I mean, like, topless IV for picture. Yeah, probably Probably not. too strong. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, a graduation picture. Do you like my suit in this picture? Mm, or I'm nice. thinking of wearing this on Friday. Do you think this looks cool? Dating advice over Yeah, I think that's fine. But just it's just the coming on too strong. Yeah. I think is... One, just a massive workplace ick, regardless, man, woman, whatever. I think you just kind of need to be respectful. Yeah. Um, and just know where that line is. Yeah, that's the key thing, isn't but it? I think it's fine to, like, yeah, I think it's fine to ask someone, do you think do you think this looks cool? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good conversation. Good. Yeah, but it very much depends on the picture. I must stress that it depends <laughs> on the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for playing that game yeah. with me, Marcus. Did, yeah, you, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed that. Okay, that's good. Like, I was very anxious. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to get your authentic yeah, reaction. Yeah. <laughs> to finish off this podcast, um, as we do every week, or are starting to do every week, we're going to refer to our dodgy list of 30 things to do before you're 30. And the one related to this week is, should you have found a long-term partner... Or gotten married before 30? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. Quite a strong no. I think it'd be great if you can. And I do think that... you. I, I do think that finding a life partner will probably bring a lot more happiness than someone would initially perceive. But I'm biased because I feel like I've found, found mine. Oh, you're <laughs> Get that out of clip, send it to her. Um... <laughs> But, like, I don't think it's essential. Like, and I do think it's, especially in Jersey, actually, I do think it's, like, quite a forced thing. And I think you have to know before you're doing, like, jumping into that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But what, what do you think? I think I'm on I'm on the same kind of no train. Mm. I think I'll be on the no train for most of these expectations of 34 years yeah. Mainly because, like... You grow so much as a person between 20 to 30. You do at other stages of your life, but the expectation to be married and settled is too much. It's too much for burden. It's a bit archaic as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And like, yeah. you know, women have careers now, so they're not just sitting at home having kids and getting married at 20, you know? Mm. It's like they're actually doing stuff for them. So to have put to put the pressure on to be settled down and married, I just think is outdated yeah I think it might it's quite it's probably quite good to have an idea of what you would have liked to achieve if it aligns with your values well see I don't don't know but not because someone else has said it do you know what I mean (laughs) like as soon as someone else is saying you should I'm like I'm not going to do it now because you've told me to oh is that your idea I'll remember (laughs) yeah do you know what I mean (laughs) never tell Marcus to do anything but like it's quite good probably to kind of try into I mean if you're the type of person that likes to live their life in kind of like sections do you know what I mean? So it's like, right, well, in my teenage years, I'm going to be But then what happens you know? if you don't find someone? Well, then and just... you've got this expectation, then you just let yourself down. Yeah, true. Maybe just set, you're setting yourself up for failure, maybe. Maybe. Just, yeah. Just live. Just go with the flow, man. Yeah, just easy. <laughs> this has been the Work in Real Life podcast, and I have been Marcus Farrell. I'm Jenny Winter. Please subscribe to our channels below.